Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I love to dress in a way that makes me feel beautiful and powerful. And I really don't give a crap when anybody else thinks about it. They are speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock, taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Grant Menzoir. What's up, what's up, what's up? How's it going, everybody? Good to see you. We are back. Yes. Uh, All new... Uh, all new guests, all new format, uh, now part of the Evergreen Network. Welcome to Thoughts That Rock. We are now going to be sharing three pieces of advice not around. Not two? Not two. Not one. Three pieces of advice around a particular subject or challenge yeah. to make your lives a little bit easier. Yeah, and I think we uh, we sort of went out on our own social media just to see what people were thinking. But honestly, you could probably just go on the internet and see yeah. what are big issues that, that you guys are dealing with. And we thought, man, could we attack that and yeah. uh, still have some fun? We're still going to have some yuck yucks. We'll have some what we call edutainment, I think, along the way. But focusing on the topic is, uh, is probably going to be our focus. Which, and as part of the whole structure, we're not doing seasons anymore, right? No. No, we're going full out. Yeah. What, what does that mean? means every week. That's <laughs> full that out means, means every week. Yes. So so even though this technically might have been season five, it yep. doesn't really matter because when you're listening to it, it's going to be new to you. But now yeah, it's we're season five, et cetera. Et cetera. Yes. Forever. Yes. <laughs> Infinity. You just like saying the word, et cetera. Yeah. What's the topic today? So the topic is uh, how to become more confident in a world of naysayers. You must know a lot about this. I don't know what you're talking about. Um <laughs> I will say we just came out of this awesome discussion with our guest. Uh, you know, we're always going to have a rock star guest. Actually, that's not true either. We said we'll probably do a couple episodes on our own, even though this is the first one and we do have a guest. Yeah. She was perfect. It's Halataha, if you haven't uh, already noticed. Big deal. She is. I mean, in a couple places. First off, her LinkedIn following is cray cray. She's like yep. one of the biggest influencers out there. She's yep. got a massive group of followers. Yep. Um, what is also the host of the Young and Profiting podcast, which yep. is basically a top 50 podcast. And yep. uh, that led her to being on the cover of Podcast Magazine, I think in January 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of also a big deal. And uh, she's also the CEO of YAP Media, which is an acronym YAP. If you haven't figured it out, it stands for Young and Profiting. So we thought, how perfect, because there are people that respond whenever she puts out a post. You always get the Nelly negatives. You get somebody in there who's going to push back and tell you that you can't do this or, or th- this is the wrong approach. And I'm sure she's dealt with naysayers. I know you were being kidding with me because I don't really have a lot of naysayers. But I'm sure when you've got a huge following, you do. And uh, how do you deal with that? Boy, this conversation was fun, wasn't yeah. it? We had an amazing, amazing discussion with her. You got to check it out. Please listen to Hala Taha. Let's do it. Yes, there she is. 
Hala Taha, thank you so much for making this happen, being on the show. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Us too. Uh, on on Thoughts at Rock, you know, we're uh, we're all excited about trying to give our audience awesome pieces of advice. So, you know, based off of the introduction, you have such a great background. We're going to jump right in and ask you. Let's start with the first one. What is your thought that rocks on the topic that we picked, which is becoming confident in a world of naysayers? Mm, I love this topic, first of all, because I feel like confidence is so core to getting people to like you, to leveling up in your career. It just like hits everything in your life. So I love this topic. So in terms of like my top tips in order to become more confident, I think first is believing in yourself and believing that life is limitless. I talk about this a lot because I feel like a lot of people have a closed mindset They're living on labels that they got from when they were a child, right? That like maybe a teacher told them they weren't smart or maybe a parent told them they weren't good looking. And they're, you know, living their life under these labels for so long. And it's not until you really believe that life is abundant, life is limitless. You realize that you have control over your life. You can manifest your own destiny. That's when you can truly become confident because you actually believe in yourself and believe that becoming the person who you want to become is actually possible, right? So I remember when I was 19 years old, you know, prior to that, I was pretty damn average. I was an Arab American girl. I remember growing up in 9-11 not getting opportunities in high school when even I was like the best singer in school, very talented, you know, always was this energetic, positive girl, but just wasn't given opportunities. And then for a little bit of time, I believed, well, I guess I'm just average. I guess I'm not good enough to be on the trailing team. I'm not good Mm. enough to be, you know, lead in the play. And then I remember 19 years old in college, I found the law of attraction. I got really addicted to this author it was a husband and wife called Abraham and Esther Hicks and they've got this all these books and I almost got into like this cult and I didn't really have a religion I grew up Muslim and didn't really align to that and then I I used law of attraction as my religion and I have to say I was the most confident 19 year old in the world probably (laughs) and I totally reframed my mindset believed that I was going to be this famous singer I always thought that I was going to be super famous And got this internship at a radio station. And like literally when I was 25, I had a a pilot on MTV. Like that's how much I believed in myself. That's not normal, right? And so this opening up your mindset, believing that life is abundant, believing that life is limitless, truly believing in yourself, having a goal of who you want to be and believing you can achieve it, I think is step number one in terms of confidence. Yeah. And, and, you know, I was thinking about this too. I'm glad that we also picked this topic and I follow you obviously on LinkedIn. You have such a huge, massive following. You pretty much own that space, which is awesome. (laughs) But I have seen honestly, some people that will put a comment in there about something that might be superficial and they think you can't look or behave or act or wear something and still be a professional or own your own business or whatever. And of course you've completely proved them wrong, but I love how you handle a lot of those comments. And so this probably even led to us talking about this topic, saying you are already confident, but as you just said, you maybe weren't always that early on, but you figured that out pretty quick and you've just sort of stomped on the naysayers. What what advice would you give to people that, let's say, you know, especially in this world of social media, they put something out there, they're going to be vulnerable because people are going to, they'll, they'll tell the truth and just throw it out there and you've got to respond in some way, right? Or, yeah, or not. I, think, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I look at those negative comments and I feel like people are just projecting on me. Like if it's a woman that's like, 
you can't be wearing that short skirt and talking about business. <laughs> I always respond back and I'm like, well, I probably make, you know, 20 times more money as you. Why? Because you have this like limiting mindset that you can only act a certain way or be a certain way in order to achieve something. And really, it's about your mind and what you do and the actions that you take and the networking that you do. And, and it has nothing to do with what you're dressed like. And first of yeah. all, I love to dress the way that I dress. I love to be girly and feminine. And I think that it's very powerful in a world where most women who achieve something, they embrace masculine energy. Mm -hmm. And they, I feel like I embrace both. I have masculine energy that allows me to be a CEO, you know, build a business, manage a team. But I embrace my femininity. And I think that actually makes me more powerful because totally. – I, I feel like I appeal to both. That's why my podcast is mostly male listeners, right? Mm -hmm. And that's not normal because most women tend to attract only women because they're in a different mind. Like they're just not approachable or relatable to everyone else. So yeah. I feel like being feminine is also my superpower in addition to being, you know, being able to channel that masculine energy that allows me to be a great boss. Mm -hmm. And I feel confident in what I wear. I mean, it ties to one of the, the things that we're going to talk about later, which is energy management. I love to dress in a way that makes me feel beautiful and powerful. And I really don't give a crap when anybody else thinks about it Game and on. sometimes I feel like it's jealousy you know what I mean they're jealous yeah. they don't take care of their body they're jealous you know they don't look as young or, or whatever it is but that's their problem not mine yeah what would you say is the f an easy first step for someone to sort of move towards an abundance mind step like for some people they might just go well it sounds great but I have no idea how to even <laughs> approach that what would be one of your first things you would say look start with this and then you can take it a little further yeah, what I would do is I would think of your one goal, right? So let's say, you know, you have a really limiting mindset about money. You grew up poor, your parents told you money was bad, and so like you just have this bad relationship with money and you never seem to attract money because you've got this bad relationship with money. I would come up with affirmations all about money and say them every single day and record it on your phone and listen to it every time you're doing chores, every time you're driving, when you're working out. I literally did this to myself when I was a teenager and I, I feel like it drastically changed my life and it can even make you prettier, you know, mm -hmm. and fitter and all these things like it really does work. And so I would say stuff like, you know, money is attracted to me. I have unlimited money flowing into my bank account I would bring passion and energy into it bring emotion into it to make it more sticky you know what I mean and mm -hmm. I would repeat those things until your brain starts to you know look for the opportunities for you because you've been repeating these things you train your brain what to believe right yeah. if you say I don't make a lot of money you're never going to make a lot of money because your brain is a supercomputer that just listens to everything that you say mm -hmm. and will just do what you say it's programmed to do what you say and think so if you reprogram it and start to say the opposite even if it's not yet true your brain is going to start to give you and let, allow you to see the things that you weren't able to see before so you can take better action and navigate your life towards the things that you want i think it's amazing that there's so many you know going back to maybe not growing up with a religion that you align to, um, even this practice of affirmation, I mean, is very rooted in religious practice, right? Yeah. I mean, so for some people who 
say their prayers and they, you know, they're, they're really trying to align there and asking for um, whatever it is uh, of abundance that they're looking for. Uh, they don't think of doing things like affirmation in the same way that they would a religion, but in actuality, yeah. it's very, very similar, isn't it? It's super similar. That's such a great point. It, it, it is. And people don't realize that their little habits that they do, whether that's praying or whatever it is, it really drastically impacts your life and your mind and your future. Sure. And your belief. I mean, ultimately, mm -hmm. that's, that's what you're mm -hmm. looking for in both sides is to have this steadfast belief. And why not have the steadfast belief in yourself that you're meant for more, right? Yeah. 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 Totally agree. So, Brant, you've had a lot of naysayers in your life. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> what? Uh, what? You know, when we made that transition to being a speaker, so I, yeah. I think you probably know this, Hollow. We're professional speakers and authors as well. I think when when I made that leap, I don't know if you were like this, and maybe you know, for you as well, Hala. I even my own family, my wife at the time said. You're going to leave, you know, I was 21 years at Hard Rock and, and was an executive there. She's thinking you're leaving all of that, the money, the benefits, the travel, the fun, the the security to go do this. I mean, in her mind, it wasn't, it, it was probably a little bit more tangible making money in those things, but she could not in her head think people are going to pay you to go out there and speak. And I said, I'm not worried about that. If you feel confident, if you've got the, the goods when it comes to the content and the delivery, if you can bring the thunder and have something meaty to say, you're going to win. And, you know, again, even in my own home life, I was thinking I've got to overcome that and I'm just going to prove them wrong. I, I don't know if you had the similar situation or not. Well, I think maybe in the music business for me. So how I spent 20 years um, in the music business with mm. two different bands and two different record deals touring the world and, and sort of living that rock and roll lifestyle for, for two decades. Um, for me, it wasn't, you know, I knew that if I could move people from the stage, then I was going to be fine. Mm -hmm. uh, so it wasn't a question of, could I, find myself in a position in front of a thousand people to, to, to get them to move to action in some way um, that I was comfortable with. What I wasn't comfortable with was what am I going to talk about? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Cause you can't just be a storyteller. You got to sort of have something there that people want to hear or want to learn. And so it became more of being a student. I think of really what it is that I wanted to talk about what I felt really mm -hmm. led to talk about what I, what I was sort of feeling drawn to and experiencing myself at that moment so that, you know, I didn't have the eight initials after my name of <laughs> MD, <Yes>. DDS, <laughs> XLP, GQ, whatever, you know, it was something that I, I just knew that I, I needed to be comfortable enough that I could have an intelligent conversation with someone about it. Um, and, and I think that's what was the harder part for mm. me. Uh, the confidence was in the, uh, the content, making sure that it was viable, yeah. not in the naysayers of you shouldn't be on that stage. Yeah. You know what awesome. I mean? Mm. Is that, Hala, I know you've sp spoken a lot yourself. Was that sort of same for you? Do you sort of split it between performance and content? I'm not sure about the performance and content, but what resonated with me was when Jim was talking about just like naysayers in your life and, and people you know, not believing in you and trying to project that belief on you and prevent you from doing something that you feel in your heart you're ready for. And I definitely went through that all the time. I remember, you know, 
even when I was working at a radio station when I was 19, all my siblings were doctors, right? And, and going to med school. And I was like the black sheep in my family having to explain why I wanted to intern for free at a radio station and to just trust me. Fast forward, you know, 10 years later, I, I accomplished so much, but you wouldn't have known that when I was right. just starting. And so even now, when I when I started my agency just two years ago, I was dating somebody for 10 years. I don't really share this story often, but I was with, basically married. And the guy that I was with, I had a corporate job at Disney Streaming Services. Oh, yeah. And he loved me being this corporate professional. And I had a, an amazing, cushy job. But I also had this agency that I was growing at night. I had 20 people in the Philippines who worked overseas for me. And I would build, I was building this business at, at night. And it was growing really fast to the point where I was making like four times more than what I was making at Disney a month and just doing it part-time at night. And so I was like, listen, babe, I want to start this business. I'm ready. I want to quit this job. Like I'm already making four times more than I'm making at Disney. Like it's, it's, I already proved it. And he was so upset, stonewalled me. Like I'd make him dinner. He wouldn't even say anything to me. And we ended up breaking up. I moved out after 10 years because I was like, well, I'm not going to like, I know this is going to blow up. Yeah. And I'm not going to be small because you're uncomfortable with it. I'm not going to be small because you're afraid of me being bigger. Right. Yeah. And so for me, I had it was so tough. And sometimes these crossroads can be like the most difficult times in your life. And, and you feel like you're losing something to gain something else. But anybody who just can't support your beliefs and your dreams, you need to remove them remove from your life yeah because it, it just is what it is i loved him so much i still love him like family and whatever but at the, at the end of the day he was not ready to have somebody as big as me in his life and yeah. he wanted me to stay small and he always wanted me to stay small and so i had to remove myself from that situation that's his own version of a scarcity mentality it's not so much yeah. like that abundance mentality is you know every there's enough pieces of the pie to go around don't worry about everybody else just crush life yourself but internally there is that like i was talking about with my ex-wife same thing they just can't fathom and they're so cushy and happy with all this other stuff not even realizing not even the money that's going to come no matter what but you will be so much happier you'll be productive and effective and all those things yeah. and now look at you i mean honestly i wonder i wonder what halataha would be like if you were still in that relationship i still think you would be a shining star but do you have less cuz maybe you're not as risky because You've got that voice in your head, you know? Oh, 100%. My career skyrocketed after we broke up. I got literally, I like my downloads skyrocketed. I got on the cover of Podcast Magazine. I interviewed Matthew McConaughey. My business blew up. I have 60 employees now. Everything just flourished because I always say this for 10 years, I had somebody stepping on my neck, so to speak. Uh, I still grew this LinkedIn and I still had a great podcast, but it was like that next level that I needed to remove that person from my life to unlock that next level. And sometimes you have to do that. Yeah. And here's the thing. I know that he loved me. He did it out of a place of love. And parents do this. Like grandparents do this. Like let's say you want to marry marry somebody who's not your <laughs> I yeah. love that. Like let's say you want to marry somebody who's not your religion. If you have like old school parents, they're gonna like they're gonna be against that because they think they know what's best for you. Here's the thing. 
nobody who has been where you want to go. Like, don't listen to anybody who hasn't been where you want to go, right? Mm -hmm. I don't take business advice from anybody who's not a bigger podcaster than me, like, for the podcast world. Jordan Harbinger is my mentor because he's literally the only person who knows more than me. Otherwise, I'm not going to listen to them because I've already done more than what they've done, right? Mm -hmm. And same thing with business. I have a business mentor. Don't listen to your parents who might be like have a totally different career on your business advice because they may love you, but they might not have great advice for you. So I think that's really important to be able to navigate that type of thing. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So we got believe in yourself. Life is limitless. That's the first one. Um, Great stepping stone. What's your second thought that rocks when it comes to building confidence, becoming more confident in that world of naysayers? Yeah, I think Ed Milet taught me this one, and that's confidence is competence, right? So it's actually doing the work, learning, loving to learn, having the experiences, putting in those reps, and just really having strong skills in your field. If you want to start a business, if you want to be a thought leader, if you want to be a speaker, you need to know your stuff. And part of that comes with actually doing and learning. And one of the things that's super interesting is is imposter syndrome is sort of the opposite of confidence. It's yeah. when you walk into a room and you feel like you don't belong and you feel like you can't play in the same space, you're not on everyone's level. Well, here's the thing. Conf- uh, imposter syndrome is really just not knowing the language, the dictionary, right? The, the words, the acronyms. And that comes from a lack of experience in the space. If you know the words, if you do your reading, right? Reading is so important. Listening to podcasts, doing anything where you're going to distill information from people in a way that's fast so that you can do a lot of it and become an expert yourself. Know everything. They call me the podcast princess because I literally know everything about podcasting. That didn't just happen accidentally. I just am curious. I'm always learning. I'm always looking things up. I'm always trying to figure things out. I know that there's no real impossible thing to do. There's always a solution to what you're looking for. So always just be willing to learn and t- and be willing to do and, and make those experiences. And, and don't use the excuse of I don't have enough time. Yeah. Right? So I would say confidence is built from competence. We, we have a book marketing company. And it's funny because the majority of the people that, that go on this app that we've created, it's called Bookie Call, are mostly fiction. Like by far, fiction is the the main focus, and, and you probably know better the top categories. Mm-hmm. I say that all these books that I have in a library at home, I have a nice big library, not a single one of fiction. It's so boring. <laughs> all my nonfiction, but my world is all about business and money, mm-hmm. and, and it's these type of people that are probably on your show as well. We probably attract more of them than we would somebody who's you know, in a different space. I feel like I never wanted to have that imposter syndrome. I didn't want to be the smartest guy in the room. I didn't think I would, but you have something that I don't have. I just want to figure out what it is and put that arrow in my quiver. So at least I could hang, (laughs) you know, I could at least have the conversation. That's, you know, for me, that imposter syndrome is, I just want to be able to, to, to be able to to have a conversation. If I could do that, I'd feel pretty good about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I think Billy Joel once said that, uh, you know, if someone was asking him about, you know, his success and, and how has he reached this level of success? And his answer was uh, because I'm competent, not because I'm great, but because I'm competent. Right. And that's, that's, I think, uh, is an understatement and, and something that really isn't well understood of what being competent means. Our friend, uh, Alan Stein yeah. Jr. tells this great story of Kobe Bryant, uh, in his talks of showing up at 4am in the morning and Kobe's already 
practicing, right? Yeah. And he's practicing. In a full sweat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's practicing the basics because, again, it's about competence. And, you know, in my uh, uh, practice of, of coaching, and uh, I do a bunch of work around values and, and purpose, um, one of the things I say all the time is that you only need uh, you only need belief in the absence of proof. And so mm. this idea of, of um, competence is confidence. It's doing it enough that you can acknowledge that you've done it, right? And then once yeah. you've done it, all you have to do is acknowledge that it's been done. You don't have to believe that you can do it any longer. Mm-hmm. You move that belief to acknowledgement, and then all of a sudden you start stretching for something that deserves your belief, right? That's that abundance mindset that you talked about earlier. It's you got to put that goal out far enough that it forces you to believe because you don't have the proof that it can be done yet. But mm-hmm. a- along and- the way, it's those stepping stones, right? 100%. I, I think the other thing that you sort of alluded to is you need to teach what you learn if you really want to be confident and become that expert because you learn twice when you're first learning it and then yep. if you teach it to somebody else, you're totally. going to learn it again. And then that just keeps building confidence because then people start to ask you questions proactively because you're the expert. And when you think people think you're good at something, you're going to want to get better and better at it. So teaching other people, being a mentor actually will make you more confident. Totally. In, in my training and development world, I remember every year at the annual conference, you know, I all of our team and even some of the operators, we'd have everything down. Marketing people had the coolest, sexiest slides in the world, but they had like 200. They never practiced. They never got any confidence being in front of them doing the actual presentation. They could talk and they had the cool slides and all that. But they were nervous as all get out because they had not mm. thought through to be competent enough. And I think, you know, in our world, when we get competent enough that we know every bullet point, every image, what's on the next slide, what the temperature of the room, who's talking in the room. I mean, it, it becomes a lot of noise, but that's what makes great teachers, policemen, speakers. When you become that confident, it's not the content anymore. Now you become more confident in actually delivering and trying to inspire and motivate people. So. I, I think that's a brilliant one. I know you've got a third one in your bag too. What's the what's the third thought on uh, on how to become more confident? I think it's energy management. So we alluded to a few mm. things. Let's start with ourselves first, right? So energy management in terms of how do you show up to the world in your best self? So what do you like to wear? For me, I am girly. I like to do my hair. I like to do my makeup. I like to wear a nice outfit. I like to embrace my femininity, right? I also like to feel tall. You know, I'm a petite girl, so I'll wear very high heels, four or five inch heels, because that makes me feel confident. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about it. It makes me feel confident. And when I feel confident, I'm powerful, right? So I wear what I want, what makes me happy. Also, you know, I talk to myself positively, right? I'm not going to go into a big meeting and be like, you suck, Kala. You're not going to make this sale. I do the opposite. I'm like... You're a sales killer. You've done this a million times. You got this. I, I self-talk positively. She's Stuart Smalley on Saturday Night Live <laughs> looking in the mirror. You're smart enough. People like you. Yeah. And I, I don't know their reference, but. Because he's old as shit. Just I just totally aged myself. Like, okay, whatever. Back to you. But. Anyway, you know, positive self-talk is really important. Both what you say to yourself internally, what you say out loud really matters. So what you tell your friends about you, accepting compliments easily, like all that stuff matters on a day-to-day in terms of your energy management. 
And then also who you surround yourself with, right? So making sure you don't have uh, friends that are your own naysayers. I remember when I started my podcast, you knew what people told me? I wasn't even 30 years old. You're too old to start a podcast. Not even 30 <laughs> years old. You're too old to start a podcast. <laughs> We're in trouble. Like, you know, it's just so ridiculous the things that people say to other people, <laughs> yes, right? yes. And so just not listening to people who are projecting their own limitations on you, removing yourself. Like I said, I literally broke up with my boyfriend of 10 years to go accomplish my dreams yeah. because sometimes you need to let go of good for something greater. Yeah. And it seems really tough in the moment. But when you do that, you actually lose all these limit. Like it's like having like weights on you mm. and you lose those weights and you get to surround yourself with other people who are aligned with what you want to do and who support you and that's a way more downstream way to like navigate life rather than always having people be against you in whatever move you're trying to make so energy management I think is key and is like the thing that really rounds out this whole conversation I know that you are uh, obviously good friends with both uh, Kara Golden but also Heather Monahan, who wrote a book yeah. on this as well and I know you guys sort of hang out and play in that same space i would guess that you've had guests on your podcast that even then if there's something that they want to talk about if they were to to be a naysayer or if they were to go at all in a negative direction how do you handle that because again i think people that are listening right now they just come into contact with people that are just negative they're they're pig pen hanging out with charlie brown you know did you get that reference that one's uh, just a <laughs> Double check no. it. No. Yeah, look at her again. <laughs> Holy shit. This is, we're going to have I know who Charlie Brown is. We're, we're going to totally we're gonna put a out. Gen X warning. <laughs> a little eh, Gen a little X, Gen X references on this that. episode. Anyway, how do you, how do you handle those uh, individuals? And I know we're, we're coming up on the end of our time here. Yeah, I would say I don't get a lot of them on my podcast because I feel like most of the people who have reached a level who are going to come on my podcast, they know that positivity is key, yeah. right? But funny enough, I did have a guy come on my show and he was so negative in terms of his mindset about life. So negative to the point where we were like, I don't think we can put this episode out because it completely is unaligned with everything else that we say on this podcast. Wow. He was kind of like, you know, the world is the world, you know just very negative like you can't control your life you can't like and and was very very negative in terms of his outlook on the world and and how you can actually grow within that world and so i just decided not to put it out because good for you i don't feel like that aligns with my messaging that's and as we reveal his name on yes. our debut no go ahead. <laughs> we'll put his name in the show notes his, i'm trying to remember who it was i don't even remember his name Oops. just tell us offline we're going to put it in the that's, show notes that's <laughs> sad that's I, listen i think it's the higher you climb, right, the more people are going to be sort of climbing uh, to knock you down, and and that just happens. And those those types of people, I think that's a choice, right? You have to sort of uh, John Wooden's uh, yeah. uh, famous from the Lakers, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, from the Lakers. Shut up. Uh, uh, from UCLA and uh, famous coach Hala there who won many, many, many national championships talks about, you know, you need to figure out who are the five people you spend the most amount of time with and, and your mm -hmm. success is going to be a sort of combination of those five people and as successful as they are. Similar to what you had said earlier is you're not going to take advice from somebody who is not more successful than you are, right? And so that's uh, the same, same sort of concept there is you got to sort of he would recommend at the end of each year, 
you sort of do a little, who do I spend the, the mm-hmm. uh, most amount of time with in my personal life, in my business life, and then sort of in this other category here. And out of those 15 people, you only get five. And so who are those five going to be? And make sure that you put the time in because their impact and influence over you is going to determine your success, right? And that's part of that energy yeah. management. Because if you have those people who are constantly bitching and moaning and whining, it, it makes it hard to keep your energy where it needs to be so that you can continue to do what you do. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Totally. And to that same point, not only just removing people, but adding people. So I would say write down a list of the most impactful people that you've ever met in your life and take the steps to start re-engaging them. And that's going to happen slowly because you're going to look like a creep if you're like, hey, (laughs) like, all right, like let's give John Mackey. He's the CEO of Whole Foods. I interviewed him last year. He probably goes on 100 interviews a year. He probably remembers me because I have a big show, but like. If I reached out to him and was like, hey, John, I need a favor, he's going to be like, screw you, Holly. You haven't talked to me in a year, (laughs) you know? But if I sent him an an article like this week and was like, hey, John, I thought you might find this interesting. Or if I sent him another thing, hey, John, I recommended you to a friend who's, I don't know, like I I gave gave this book that I gave your book to my friend and he had this to say. And I just like kept trickling in these little things over time. Then five months from now, if I'm like, hey, John, I need a favor, he's going to be like, oh, that's Holly. She's so lovely. Mm-hmm. She's been keeping up with me. Yeah. And it's such a great tactic in terms of like, you know, actually being proactive and building that incredible network that you want. So it takes effort and you do need to take action. And I would say build the well before you're thirsty. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Love That's that. great. So if one of us is going to be in your inner circle, one of your five, we come as a set. So it's kind of. <laughs> no, we don't. You can kick him right out. Are you sure? I'm Are you sure? I'm fine with that. So here's the deal. The summary that we have, I love this too. Again, the, the topic was being more confident when you've got this world of naysayers. Yep. One, believe in yourself. Abundance mindset. Yep. yep. Confidence is confidence. Love it. Yep. And then the last one around energy management, you know, who do you spend your time with? And if you've got some Nelly negatives, you got to carve them out. And I think those are... I know you've got more, but those are three really good, powerful ones. Even those 10-year giant energy sucking vampires <laughs> yes that have kept you back for a decade kick them to the curb it's probably dating my ex-wife at this point <laughs> so uh where where can people stay in touch with you holla if they want to get more information take a look at your podcast i mean we're definitely gonna put some stuff in the show notes but i'm sure some are gonna w- want to run right now and check that out 
Yeah, I think the number one way is to check out my podcast. It's called Young and Profiting. It's not actually just for young people. We have listeners of all ages. Some of my best listeners are 40, 50, 60 years old. They love the show. Thank I've interviewed you. the brightest minds in the world, like Seth Godin, Robert Greene, Deepak Chopra, Matthew McConaughey. And so I do a ton of research. It's an amazing show. I just interviewed Jim Quick today. It was such oh, a great cool. conversation. Limitless. So. Yeah. yeah, I would love if you guys checked out Young and Profiting on your favorite podcast platform. Awesome. And then we'll put all of your other contact information. You're doing so much. Um, you know, and I know you probably have something else on the radar screen at some point. We'd love to talk about that down the road. But it is so great to finally have you on the show. I know we were trying last year and we finally made it happen. So yes, taking a little bit you. of time, you totally rock. Thanks, Holly. Thank you so much. Thanks, Appreciate Holla. it, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Rock on. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. Yeah, and listen, we know how busy you are. And grabbing those little nuggets of wisdom that can amp up your life are super hard to come by. So we hope this episode helped you enough for you to maybe subscribe and consider leaving us a rating and a review so that we can continue to grow the show. Das That Rock is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and also supports Cannonball Kids Cancer and their fight for finding and funding treatment options for kids who have run out of options. They're amazing. Their work is incredible. To learn more, please go to cannonballkidscancer.org. Finally, if you're interested in having Grant or Jim or both of us speak at your event, whether as a virtual webinar or an in-person conference keynote or mastermind, contact us directly at thoughtsatrock.com. Until next time, rock on. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three-times-a-week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it.